D-F-S. It is Friday, November 11th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 10 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, Jared Small. And, of course, this is the podcast where I would urge you not to play on FanDuel because they suck. But we'll tell you who to play if you are playing on there. Jared, who do you like for cash at quarterback? Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes for me on FanDuel here. Um, you know, he's priced closer to the rest of the guys. Uh, Two hundred dollars more than Justin Fields this week. I know, I know. Can, can you believe it? If you had, you know, said that three weeks ago, it'd be like crazy. I couldn't believe uh, it today when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I think it makes Fields a better tournament play on this side. He's not going to be nearly as high owned as he's going to be on DraftKings. But Mahomes in cash for me. Um, you know, the Chiefs have a thirty point two five point implied total. That's almost four points higher than any other team on the main slate and Jacksonville, you know, a month ago, we considered them a tough defense. They have not been tough lately. They actually 30th in football outsiders past defense DVOA over the last five weeks now. So, it, you know, really sets up as, as a big Mahomes game. Yeah. That one was a mirage, clearly not a matchup to worry about for any aspect at all. Tua Tonga is also up in that range. Um, I think he's another 200 cheaper than Justin Fields. I think any of those three guys could be fine for cash if that bit of salary difference really matters, but certainly Mahomes would be my first one. And if you really need salary savings, I think Dak Prescott is fine at 7,400 for a cash lineup on the tourney side. Tua is projected for half or less of the ownership of Patrick Mahomes or Justin Fields. He's again, a little bit cheaper than both of those guys. So I think that makes him the most interesting of those three, especially with all the people that you can put around him, obviously him and his two wideouts. Uh, you can put Amari Cooper in there. You can put a Browns running back in if you want to play it like the Browns jump out to a lead and Miami has to chase the way they did in Detroit a few weeks ago. So that's a fun one to play with. What do you like for tournament quarterback? Yeah, I definitely like Tua. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have the second highest implied total on the main slate, 26.25 points. We've already seen Tua go for 24, 29, and 41 Fando points um, out of six healthy games. So he's had, you know, three tournament-winning performances out of six. Again, I, I like both sides of the Chiefs-Jaguars game. I'm going to be playing Mahomes in tournaments. I'm going to be playing Trevor Lawrence in tournaments, 7000 bucks. Coming off his best PFF passing grade of the season last week, he was actually second in the entire NFL in passing grade. So it wasn't a big fantasy day. You know, Travis Etienne took a couple of the short touchdowns, but Lawrence played really well. Hopefully he can keep that going. You know, the Chiefs pass defense has been beatable. They're 24th in pass defense DVOA. The Chiefs, not surprisingly, have faced the second most pass attempts per game this season. Teams fall behind the Chiefs. They have to throw. You, you think you're going to get some big volume out of Trevor Lawrence here. And he's running more lately than he was early in the season. Lawrence averaging 24.6 rushing yards per game over the last five. Again, if you're going to get more dropbacks, because a lot of that rushing is not design stuff. It's, you know, scrambles. So if you're going to get more dropbacks out of Lawrence, that, you know, gives them more chances to, to take off and run. For what it's worth, the Chiefs rate a lot higher in pressure rate than they do in sack rate. Now, I don't know if that's just like a bad luck thing for um, delivering sacks in the game that's going to catch up at some point. It could very well be that. It could also be that they've got enough to get in there and not it's not a scary pass rush. So it doesn't surprise me that they're not high in sack rate. So, you know, maybe that generates a little bit more Trevor Lawrence scrambling. I will also throw out Dak Prescott again at 7,400, not because I think he has explosive upside this week, but because I I just think that he's a little bit underplayed 4% projected ownership on here. He's tied for seventh among quarterbacks. I mean, last time out, he hit 26.4 FanDuel points. That's not a tournament winning number, but it's also a number that you could win with. 
Um, he's behind Derek Carr and Daniel Jones in projected ownership this week. So I think that's just too low and it's somebody to mix in. I would focus on those more expensive guys that we talked about, mix in some Trevor Lawrence, also mix in some Dak Prescott. Yeah, plus CD Lamb is a good value, you know, by himself. So I think that, you know, kind of strengthens the case for, for Prescott because it's a, it's a nice value stack. Mm-hmm. Running back for cash, plenty of options in the high range yeah. from 7,700 Damian Pierce up. What do you like around there? So I'm looking at a lineup right now that I built that has Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry in it, and I feel pretty good about it. Like, you do have to go cheap at two wide receiver spots. You got to play one of the cheap tight ends, which I think I would do anyway. So, um, I mean, Barkley in the best matchup for running backs. We've seen Houston um, just, you know, get crushed on the ground for a few weeks in a row now. And then Derrick Henry gets this Broncos defense um, that is 25th in football outsiders run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. They're allowing 4.6 yards per carry to running backs over that span. Um, you know, whether it's Malik Willis or a banged up Ryan Tannehill, like we know, you know, Henry's going to be the focal point of this um, Titans offense. So I'm, I'm leaning towards playing both of those high priced backs in cash right now. And I'm not worried about the Denver offense getting this game out of hand and taking it away from Derrick Henry. You know that the, the Titans want to keep Derrick Henry uh, running the offense. So, yeah, there's yep. there's certainly nothing wrong with putting those two guys together in a lineup. Yeah, um, I, do, I, I do think Alvin Kamara is a solid play if you want to go down from one of those studs, save a thousand bucks. And then in my third back in cash right now is Devin Singletary. Um, he's fifty six hundred bucks. You know, we're assuming Josh Allen does not play right now. And, you know, that actually helps Singletary's volume projection. I think you're just, you're not going to have the bills go so pass heavy. You're not going to have Case Keenum stealing carries like Josh Allen does. So, you know, it probably hurts Singletary's upside if there's no Allen, but I think it makes him a safer cash play based on volume and 5,600 bucks is a really nice price tag. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it might hurt his upside. It might also help it because there's a better chance of him getting those goal line opportunities if Josh Allen's not in the game. Now, obviously the question is, do those goal line opportunities show up as much without Josh Allen? Probably not, but when they do better chance that Singletary gets them 22 and 16 opportunities in the two games before last week. So if you look at last week, disappointing usage on the ground, but he was still the clear leader in playing time. And like you, I would expect more Devin Singletary carries if Case Keenum's in the game, frankly, if Josh Allen does play, they probably would run the ball a little bit more, at least if they're wise, because they've got Josh Allen with a bad elbow. So that would be a way to take some of the pressure off of him and to force him to not run it, because I don't think there's another way to keep him from running. My question is, like, I think Case Keenum over Josh Allen would also be um, good for the running back target share overall. I don't know whether we're going to get more Naheem Hines this week, because certainly the trade tells me that they want Naheem Hines to be the top receiving back for them. He was barely used last week. Assume more this week, how much more tough to know. So I don't, I, maybe we'll start to see Devin Singletary disappear from that area. Yeah. Maybe what you're going to, I think would be okay. I mean, you're at 5,600 bucks, um, right. you're, you're just kind of paying for enough. You, know, you can get 12 to 15 carries out of him. You know, Singletary has played 73 plus percent of the bills offensive snaps in five of the last six games. The only exception was that blowout against Pittsburgh where they kind of rested guys in the fourth quarter. So you know, get getting it back, getting that much playing time for 5,600 bucks, I just think is, is a good value. Yeah. And I agree. I have him down as a cash option as well. We talk about the risk factors, but that's what you're paying for. It's 5,600. You don't get safe, yeah lead backs for 5,600 bucks. Um, I, Damian Pierce is the one guy that we didn't mention a whole lot in that range. 7,700. Mm-hmm. I think he belongs right up there with the top guys in terms of likelihood of getting carries. Houston clearly wants to ride him as much as it can. The giants are not 
a scary matchup for running backs. And it's just not a game script that's likely to get away from them because the Giants are not that good at scoring points. So we should get plenty of Damian Pierce in that game. I think Dalvin Cook is also okay for cash over here because of his $7,500 salary on FanDuel. I think he's a better bet in this game against the Bills for carries if Josh Allen doesn't play and because the run defense has been softer in recent weeks. So Dalvin Cook, probably better on a tournament side, but I think yeah. that salary, which is short of Damian Pierce, makes him a cash option as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't quite make my top three for tournaments, but I, I love Cook for tournaments. Uh, or Sorry, he doesn't make my top three for cash. I love him for tournaments, 7500 bucks. I feel like it's actually gone like underreported in fantasy circles. Like nothing goes underreported nowadays. But the fact that Cook has just been dominating this backfield for the past three weeks now, like, even more so than he did under Minnesota's previous coaching staff. Cook has played 87, 76, and then 86% of Minnesota's offensive snaps over the past three games, averaging 16.7 carries, 4.3 targets over that span. So, I mean, getting a, a guy getting that level of work that we know is talented for 7,500 bucks, and it, you know, it looks like he's not going to come in at big ownership, which I agree with because there are, are, I think, you know, a few better straight-up plays. Um, I, I think Cook's an awesome tournament play. Yeah, I agree. And that's why we have Jared's usage report on DraftSharks.com every Wednesday. Because if you look last week at Washington, disappointing game, 47 rushing yards, nine receiving yards, just two catches. But the targets have been there the past two weeks. The carries have been there the past two weeks. Jared just mentioned the playing time. So he's on the field a ton. You know, there was a stretch after the shoulder injury where we were wondering whether Alexander Madison was claiming some of the receiving work. That has clearly not been the case in recent weeks. It's been Dalvin Cook dominating the backfield again. So like what he's getting there. And then Tony Pollard, I mentioned him on the DraftKings show. I certainly think he's in play over here as well. 7K is probably going to keep him from being too highly played. I guess he climbs up quite a bit if Ezekiel Elliott ends up being inactive. So we'll see about his status on Sunday. If Zeke's out, though, I think Tony Pollard enters the cash discussion at 7K against the Packers. Yes, he definitely would be a cash play if there's no Zeke. I'm doing the Jonathan Taylor thing this week. He's $7,000 on FanDuel. Um, you know, full practices on Thursday and Friday, not on the final injury report. I don't think the ankle is gone. I think it's still probably an issue. Maybe he I hope it's aggravates not. it. <laughs> the ankle injury. I, I, you know, There's still a risk there, but 7000 bucks. He's gotten the ball when he's been on the field this season. He's averaging 17.8 carries and 4.2 targets per game. He's actually still been efficient despite, you know, the Colts offense crumbling around him. And he has a good matchup against the Raiders who are 26th and adjusted points allowed to running backs. We'll see, you know, we don't have an ownership projection on him yet. We'll, we'll have one by Sunday. We'll see what it comes in at. I don't think he's going to be super chalky though. So I think he's, he's worth a shot in tourneys. Yeah, I would be shocked if he reaches chalky level, especially with these other options that we're talking about up there. Plus, now his head coach is a former offensive lineman. That can only be good for a guy's carry share. And Deion Jackson's out for this game, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I would yeah, I would expect Jeff Saturday to to be a run heavy, heavy guy, at least out of the gate. Yeah. Over to wide receiver for cash. You mentioned CD Lamb being at a good price. I agree. 7,600. I think he's well within play here. The Packers haven't been a terrific matchup for wide receivers, but it's not a negative matchup for CD Lamb because he's not likely to see a whole lot of Jair Alexander. They did lose Eric Stokes likely for the season in one of their corners. So they're down one of their top three at that position. They're down their top pass rusher and Rashawn Gary. They're down their best inside linebacker, Devondre Campbell. So this could be a much different Packers defense than we've gotten most weeks so far. Good price for CeeDee Lamb. Uh, should He plays in the slot a lot, so there will be plenty of opportunity for him in there. I like him for cash. I like him for tournaments as well. The Packers slot receiver is going to be some guy I've never heard of. Ke- Keyshawn Nixon. 
is going to yep. be the, their slot corner. Um, he he's graded horribly uh, by PFF, not surprisingly. So it's a it's a great matchup for Lamb when he's in the slot this week. So I definitely like that call. I like Amon Ross St. Brown for cash, sixty nine hundred bucks. That's a good price tag for a guy seeing this type of volume. You know, he he's only been fully healthy for four games this season. In those four games, thirty two percent of the targets, thirty five percent, twenty seven percent, thirty five percent. And that that is that's elite target share. Good matchup here too against the Bears, specifically uh, slot corner Kyler Gordon has allowed the most yards per coverage snap this season. So St. Brown seems like a super safe bet at this price tag for the volume. He's he's you know likely going to get. Yeah, just consider him in the mix as long as he stays short of 7K and probably plenty of weeks where he's in the 7K range as well. Other guys, especially if you want some salary savings, George Pickens, 5,600, Rondale Moore, 5,800, Christian Kirk, 6,800 is a little bit pricier, and I don't like him as much as Amon Ross St. Brown. And Darnell Mooney at 6,200, I think, is a solid enough bet for catches five plus receptions in three of the past four games. So we still don't love the bears passing game, but Mooney's been pretty solid lately. Yes. Yeah. He'd be more of a tournament guy for me. I think the other guys you mentioned, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, George Pickens, that's who I'm deciding between. You know, again, going back to the running backs, it's like, for me, you either play Christian Kirk with Alvin Kamara or you play Derrick Henry instead of Kamara and have to go down to Rondell Moore or George Pickens. That's kind of the choice you need to make. And I'm not sure there's a ton of difference between Kirk and Rondell Moore, maybe better touchdown chances for Kirk. But, you know, Rondell Moore is the kind of guy that you look at in the half PPR versus full PPR and you say, ah, he loses some value here, which is obviously true. But if you're going to catch seven passes and at least get nine yards per catch, then we're talking about uh, a double digit, a double digit fantasy day with the chance of finding the end zone. Yeah, the difference is Rondell Moore's A dot is 4.6 yards. Christian Kirk is 8.9. Um, so I do think Kirk has more upside as, as far as that goes. Yeah, I, I certainly don't mean they're the same player, but a thousand dollars difference. Same, I don't, yeah. There's a whole lot of difference yep. in what you're um, giving up on yep. the attorney side. I mentioned CD lamb in both formats. I like if you are playing that Dak and CD lamb, Alan Lazard at 6,700 is kind of a, a sneaky guy as well. On the other side mm-hmm. of that matchup, negative um, matchup for wide receiver scoring, but similar to lamb, we could get Alan Lazard in the slot half the time. And if he does that, he avoids Tavon, uh, Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> Lost his first name for a second. Trayvon Diggs on the outside for the Cowboys. So that would be a positive matchup for him. And Aaron Rodgers is certainly in a place right now where he's looking for somebody to throw the ball to. So Alan Lazard could be welcome for him. Could be some upside to that stack on a, a, like a lower owned week for all of those guys. Yeah, I have Lazard here too. Um, I mean, first of all, the guy, the guy just scores touchdowns over the past couple of seasons. Now, he had eight scores in 15 games last year. He has five scores in seven games this year. So at some point, you just kind of got to say this guy's a touchdown score. 23% target share last week for Lazard. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is not going to play on Sunday. So that could push even more volume Lazard's way. So I like that call, uh, like you said, especially with a, you know, CD Lamb, Dak Prescott stack, or just play Lamb and, and Lazard as a little mini stack. Right. I like Chris Olave too, seventy five hundred bucks. He, he's coming off two straight quiet games now, but he's still he's still seeing insane volume. He saw nine targets last week. That was a thirty percent target share. He's averaging ten and a half targets per game in six healthy games this season. And the Steelers are thirtieth in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers, and they've especially struggled defending the deep ball. You know, Olave can get deep. Yeah, from week two on, he's seen 28% of the targets. He came out, got 8.8% in the opener and 28% since then. So a very good bet for getting the ball. I think Amari Cooper is available to play on his own, even if you're not playing Dolphins-Browns, although it certainly makes sense to get some guys from that. That's another one where even if you're not playing one of the quarterbacks, you can play Cooper 
and one of the Dolphins guys here. 4% ownership projection on FanDuel for Amari Cooper. He's 14th among wide receivers in expected half PPR points per game. Like, I think he's he's probably a guy that a lot of people don't really realize just how good a fantasy season he's having. You'll, you'll yeah. see a big week. And then he goes quiet the next week. And I know I forget. Like I look at the stat, I look at the standings, you know, week to week. And I'm like, oh yeah, Mari Cooper's doing really well this season. Yeah. And our, our buddy uh Dwayne McFarland pointed out that Cooper throughout his career has had big splits versus um, man coverage. He's much better against man coverage than zone coverage. Miami plays the second most man coverage in the NFL. So it, it looks like a good on paper matchup, at least for Cooper this week. Tight end for cash, Jared. Where are we looking? Foster Moreau for me. Um, our guy, Greg Dalsich, a little pricier here on FanDuel. Just the way I have my cash game lineup set up right now. I need the savings with Foster Moreau. 5200 bucks. He's averaged 6.3 targets this season without Darren Waller. That's that's three games without Waller. And the last two games especially, 95 and 88% of the pass routes, That those are elite numbers. For a tight end, uh, 23% of the Raiders targets in week eight, 14% in week nine. Waller's obviously out. Hunter Renfro is also out now for at least the next four games. That, you know, again, Renfro is the slot guy. Moreau kind of operates in that area of the field. So, you know, he, he really should be a pretty good volume bet in this game. I see your Foster Moreau, and I raise you on the salary savings with Evan Ingram at 4900 bucks, which is it's just disrespectful. Kansas City's fifth most friendly two tight ends by our adjusted fantasy points allowed, 19th in tight end coverage DVOA on Football Outsiders. Ingram is off the final injury report for the week, so the back shouldn't be an issue. I We never know for sure until Evan Ingram gets into the game and gets through the game, but $300 cheaper than Foster Moreau. I like the situation and I like his chances of getting targets here. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I wrote my notes before we got Jacksonville's final injury report, you know, before we saw Ingram was off it. So I, I you know, I, he, he's a, he's a good play in cash, you know, especially if you need the $300 savings down from Moreau. And I appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about Evan Ingram as I <laughs> like, I haven't done that enough this year. You're welcome. On the tourney side, what are you playing? Yeah. So, Travis Kelsey, I think, you know, getting up to him makes sense in tournaments. Don't need to make the argument there. I do think Greg Dalsich is going to be lower owned on FanDuel here because he's you know a bit more expensive relatively, but I think he's an excellent play. I think, you know, his usage has been awesome through his first three NFL games. Now he's coming off the bye week, so maybe he's even, you know, more integrated into the offense. And Tennessee has not been good against tight ends this season. They're actually 31st in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. And then uh, Dalton Schultz, another cowboy you could, you know, stack up with Dak Prescott, just 5,500 bucks. 23% of Dallas's targets over their previous two games with Dak Prescott. Now he's coming off the bye week. Maybe that knee is like finally close to 100%. He was actually a full go in practice all week, not on the final injury report. And gets this, you know, banged up Packers defense missing Devondre Campbell. He's a big part of their tight end coverage. So it's, it's a good spot for Schultz, who, you know, should be as healthy as he's been in a while. I think that the Dulcich Derrick Henry stack is a little bit yeah. sneaky uh, as well. Taysom Hill is interesting to me this week at 6,500 bucks. Not somebody that I want to oversell, but you know, to the degree that he ever makes sense to trust, like this could be a week to go ahead and try him. Well, the ownership projection right now is at 1%. So we'll see if that changes. I don't know if maybe that's just where it usually is. Cause he's a tough guy to want to play, but it, it makes sense. Cause he's coming off a season low in touches. Uh, the week before that was a season high in carries form. We're also coming off a very bad game for Andy Dalton, the kind that makes people ask the Saints if he's still going to be the quarterback. Now we've got TJ Watt coming back. So to me, Jared, this just seems like a situation where game planning this one, I could see them putting some more Taysom Hill in to mm -hmm. just 
counteract all of that, to take a little bit away from Andy Dalton, to add a challenge to TJ Watt coming back. I have absolutely no inside info, and there might not be any more Taysom Hill in this game than in others, but we have typically been getting more Taysom Hill than we did on Monday night. So we should at least get a rebound from that with, I think we're heading into a situation where it would make sense if we get some extra. Yeah. I know Dennis Allen was asked about Taysom Hill's lack of touches after that loss to the Ravens. He, I think he gave kind of like a non-answer of course, but you know, the fact that he was kind of bugged about it, you know, maybe it's like, yeah, I should be getting Taysom Hill the ball more when I don't really have many good weapons on this team. So I like that call. He's expensive. I think he probably will come in around 1% because he is expensive and he hasn't had a big one in a while now, but I mean, he has what a 40 point game. Like no, not even Kelsey can put up a 40 point game. So if you get that out of Taysom Hill, you're, you're in the driver's seat for sure. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Travis Kelsey should be squarely in plans, but otherwise I don't think anything else is exciting. We talk about some other guys who are options, but none of those guys is like, Oh, I got to make sure he's in my lineup. I think that's, that's also what makes me say, all right, let's take a shot and see if it's a Taysom Hill week. If you're not playing Kelsey or Hill, you're hoping for like 15 points, you know, and Mm -hmm. and you're happy. (laughs) Defense. What are you hoping for? I'd like to get up to the Steelers at 36. I mean, Minnesota's 32. If Case Keenum's under center, I do think they're a viable cash play. But I, I do like Pittsburgh getting T.J. Watt back at home against Andy Dalton. The Saints missing two of their starting offensive linemen. So it's just a good spot um, and a, a cheap price for, for Pittsburgh. I like if Case Keenum's playing, I like the Vikings at 3,200 in a tournament lineup. I like seeing if I can pay up to the, again, this is hypothetical because I'm not allowed to play on FanDuel right now because they're terrible at customer service. But in the hypothetical land where I'm playing on FanDuel this week, I like paying up for the Raiders at 4,800 bucks who, if they were any lower than that, they would have a much higher ownership projection. If they were 4k or less, they'd be the highest projected defense, I think on this slate, but it's very low right now in the lineup generator. They're at 4,800. They're facing the Colts. The Colts have been the best matchup for team defenses. Sam Ellinger is starting once again. The offensive line continues to suck. So there's lots of sack upside in this one. There's lots of turnover upside in this one. And you're going to get lower ownership than you should. So I like the Raiders if you can fit it in a lineup that you like otherwise. Why are they $4,800? Because they're playing the Colts. (laughs) I guess it's not a, it's not a good defense. I know they have some pass rushers, but um, yeah, they're, they're going to be low owned. I don't know if I can get myself to click them. Exactly. Um, I, I think I think Arizona is worth considering for tournaments. You know, they're four thousand bucks, decent price. Honestly, whether it's Walford or Stafford under center, I think Arizona is worth a, a, a look in tourneys. That Rams have been one of the best matchups for opposing defenses, even with Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. I would have liked taking a shot on the Titans this week, but I don't with all the injuries that they have. Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Amani Hooker are all out. Those are the key ones for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's going to do it for the Week 10 FanDuel Podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can play around in the lineup generator that we've been talking about. Build your own lineups for playing on FanDuel, on DraftKings, on Yahoo. You can also find Kevin's articles highlighting top picks for cash games and tournament lineups on FanDuel this week. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.